Welcome to the broadcast of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. We're located at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're glad you've tuned in. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. If you desire prayer, our ministers are available to pray with you. Give us a call at 803-776-1238 or call us toll-free at 1-888-776-1238. Today, Pastor Daryl Jackson continues the three-part sermon series, I Survived, with the message titled, I Survived a Shipwreck. There's a word from the Lord today as we continue this series of messages that God has given us, entitled, I survived. I told the congregation this morning at 8, make sure you don't just say what the preacher asks you to say if it's not true or if you don't believe it. I am not one of those preachers that gets offended if you don't always touch and agree with me. Only if you mean it. Amen. I'm looking out for your soul. Okay, just... And so any witnesses in here that you are a living witness that God can keep you when you're going through something. So now only, only if you mean it, only if you mean it, look at somebody next to you, around you, behind you, in front of you. Either way, and just wave at someone and say, I survived. Come on. Look at somebody and say, I survived. If they only knew your story, you would shout for me, okay? <laughs> only knew, Sarah, they only knew what God brought you through. Listen. Message number two. The book of Acts, chapter 27, verses 40 through 44, the New Living Translation. You've got my permission to praise God when you feel like it. Now, if you are sitting by somebody that said it doesn't take all of that, tell them, wait until your ship wrecks. preaching too long to let y'all push me like that again. No, no. Don't do it. Listen to what Acts says. Chapter 27, verse 40. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. 
Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed towards shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The ship is falling apart. <laughs> the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare the life of Paul. So he did not let them carry out their plan. Look at somebody and say, that's favor. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. Verse 44 is where the subject is. The others held on and floated on the planks or the debris from the broken ship. The King James said they held on to broken pieces. <laughs> Ooh, here's the last sentence. So everyone escaped safely to shore. May I read that again? Sometimes I like to just get on the devil's nerve. So, so everyone on the ship escaped safely to shore. Before you sit down, look at someone sitting next to you. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Don't say it if you don't believe it. And say to them, I survived a shipwreck. Now clap those hands. Take your seat. I, I survived a shipwreck. The word survive, as we defined it on last week, is to continue to live or exist in spite of danger hardships and sufferings we may encounter. The key words in that is to continue to exist. That's what survival means. That's what survive means. Last week we spoke of how we by the help or with the help of God survived the night. Someone help me say, I survived the night. We described in last week's message the night as a dark moment in our lives. A dark, difficult, and challenging experience in our lives. Something that should have taken us out. Dark times when you had to force your way out the bed. Ooh, didn't even want to get up. Ooh. 
did not had to force yourself to hold your head up high. But help me preach this. Tell somebody I survived the night. Times in which we felt a sense of hopelessness. Times in which we felt a sense of desperation in which we almost lost our faith. The biblical writers say, my foot almost slipped, almost gave up. Any real folk in here? The truth is, you don't look like what you've been through. And, and folk are good at judging one on their appearances. Amen. Don't, 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 don't judge me by what I wear. You don't, you don't know the struggle people go through just, you know, just to get up and get dressed in the morning. <laughs> There's some dressed up, messed up folk maybe sitting right next to you and you just don't know. But the good news, as we stated in last week's message, is that joy comes with the morning. Whew. I told you that there is a distinction between in the morning and with the morning. When one say it comes in the morning, see the sun rises in the morning. Some mornings it's six o'clock, sometimes of the year it may be earlier, sometimes it may be later. But sometimes in the morning, the sun rises. But when something comes with the morning, whew, Deacon Samario, when it comes with the morning, it means as soon as the morning appears, it comes with it. Joy comes with the morning at 12.01 a.m. <laughs> Here comes joy. Unlike the sun, it may not rise to, to, to 6.30 but joy would have showed up six hours earlier. How many of you know that you can't always wait to sometime in the morning? You need your joy when the morning comes. <laughs> joy comes with the morning. And so all we have to do, as we said on last week, was to survive the night. If you can make it to 12.01 a.m., it's still dark. Check this out. But it's morning. Somebody caught that. Tyshawn, somebody caught that. It's still dark. Look at somebody and say, it's still rough. But it's morning. <laughs> Still dark. I got up this morning, something after five. Looked out of my window as I always do and said, thank you God for waking me up. And it was dark. But I knew, Mother Lumpkin, that it was morning. 
Because see, the morning wasn't based on how it looks. Somebody know that if God said it, that settles it. Anybody know that God has already turned it around for you, even if it doesn't look like it? Tell somebody it's already done. <laughs> that was last week's. Today's message, our assignment from the Lord is to talk about surviving tragedies, surviving catastrophes that occurs in our lives that are totally outside of our control. COVID-19 rocked us. And some we all have lost one loved ones. COVID it rocked us. I looked at my family's history. I shared this with my family. My great grandfather died of the Spanish flu in 1926 of November. His daughter and her husband died three weeks later of the Spanish flu in November of 1926. But our family survived. We as a family are still here. I am his great grandson, Jay, that he never got to see. But the enemy could not wipe the family out. I wish I could preach. All I need is just a handful of you that survived COVID, although you took your licks, although you lost somebody you love, although it rocked you. Woo! But tell somebody I survived it. I survived it. Some of you have survived accidents. Some of you have survived terminations. Some of you have survived diagnosis. Ooh, I preached Pastor Jackson. Some of you have survived betrayal. Some of you have survived departures of loved ones that you depended on. And the enemy say, without them, where would this family be? But you are still here because you survived. Sometimes we've got to remind the adversary that what you said was a lie. You said I wouldn't make it, but I did. <laughs> you said I would lose my mind, but I haven't. You said, I'll never praise God again, but I am. Is there anybody in here took the enemy's best shot and you still have a praise? After all the things you've been through, you still have joy. Somebody say, I survived it. <laughs> Folk did not think you could make it, but you did. If, if it, the truth be told, there are some folk close to you that were planning 
your demise. There are some folk who had already written you off. Oh, she cannot survive. The, you can't lose your mama and your sister, Nicole, and your job and all other kind of stuff and think you can still praise God. There are some folks that you won't ever come to church again. But tell your neighbor, neighbor, what the devil thought would take me out. God used it to take me up. Y'all got 10 seconds to give God your best. Come on, church. Come on. All the cute folks sit down. All the survivors. Even if you got to hold on to something, just lean on something and stand up for me one time and tell the devil I shouldn't be here today. Whoa! May I preach? Should I preach? Can I preach? I feel like preaching. Wave at your neighbors and neighbor. Ah! Survive. Sit down. So here's what God said. God, God said this to me, Deacon Carlos, my friend. God said that we need to be reminded of the fact that tragedies and catastrophes do occur in the lives of good people. Good people do suffer bad things. Do not let the enemy tell you otherwise. The truth is that if we live long enough, we will encounter some kind of tragedy. Your house burned down, James Simmons, but you're still here. Somebody got in a wreck, but you're still here. If you live long enough, you will experience something that will shake your foundation. Am I right about it? The truth is, the only question that remains is, will you survive it? Not will it happen, but can you take it and survive it? Can you have a Timex moment? Take your licking and keep ticking. Still go to church, I survived. Lost my job, I survived. Family fell apart, I survived. My best friend stabbed me in the back, but I survived. Old folk put it like this, Deacon William Timor. Talk about me as much as you please, but the more you talk, I'm gonna bend my, anybody ever had to pray hurt? Anyone ever had to pray sick? Anyone ever had your heart broken in pieces, but you kept praying, knowing that God will make a way somehow throughout. May I, may I preach this? Do I have time to preach this? Throughout the Bible, there are many great examples of those who experience tragedies and catastrophes, and they survive. God told me to establish the record 
because Hebrews says, seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight or sin that slows us down. In other words, God said to me as I was preparing this message, I need you to establish a record so that someone sitting in Bible way, someone viewing virtually, listening to the radio, will not think that they are the only ones who's ever been through something. Look at somebody and say, you aren't the only one. Noah survived a flood, but he survived it. Moses survived bondage in Egypt, but he survived it. Joseph survived a pit and a dungeon, but he survived it. David survived the Goliath and a place called Ziglag, <laughs> but he survived it. Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, survived a devastating famine in Moab, but they survived it. And I'm hearing God say, if they survived, what make you think that I am still not in the survival business. <laughs> Can I preach to somebody who's going, anybody in here going through something, been through something, know that you will be going through something? God said, I just want you to know even before it happens that you will come through this and you will survive it. Like Noah, like Moses, like Joseph, like David, like Ruth and Naomi. God will bring you out. Somebody help me say yes, he will. Look at the text, if you will, for the next few moments. Let us transition to this incredible text. Uh, this text that is found in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts. Quite honestly, I would tell you, and to all of my apostolic folk, please put your fingers in your ears because you may not want to hear me say this. Uh, but these are my favorite chapters in Acts. Some of you, some of you ain't apostolic enough. Deacon Moore just say, Lord, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Not, not chapter 2, but chapters 26 and 27 and 28. May I set it up for you? Paul in chapter 26 stands before King Agrippa, Governor Festus, and King Agrippa's sister named Beatrice, uh, Bernice, I'm sorry, named Bernice, who he was having an affair with his own sister. This is how messed up Agrippa was, okay? And so Paul stands before Agrippa and preaches this stirring message. You know the message in which Agrippa said, I am almost persuaded to be a Christian. And Paul says, I wish that you were all the way persuaded. In chapter 26, verse 22, you know the story. You've heard me preach it. Paul says, having therefore obtained help from God 
today I stand. Woo. Paul had to set the narrative. Tell them, I just want you to know the mess that you all put me through did not take me out. And I still have my testimony, although y'all tried to kill me, tried to destroy me. But the God I serve, who helped me. Anybody know I had some help? Paul then goes in chapter 27. King Agrippa sends Paul on to Rome to stand before Caesar because Paul was a Roman citizen. I'm not trying to impress you with my knowledge. I just want to put it in some context. And so here he is now, a Roman citizen on his way to Rome. He boards a prisoner ship with a total of 276 passengers, including the crewmen. And they were on their way to Rome. Uh, listen, Paul, on his way to Rome, the ship ran into a horrible, horrific storm. The storm, to all my friends that have ever sailed, any Navy people, Deacon Briggs reminded me after eight, as a former Navy person, it's hard to stay on a troubled water any amount of time. My dad was in the Navy, so I remember hearing the story. But imagine this, 14 nights, the text says, they endured the storm. Not on the ship for 14 days, but in the storm for 14 days. In the middle of the ocean, the storm. You know how seasick you get on a cruise ship that's a little rocky. You know how all of you that try to deep sea fish, how seasick you get going out on the middle of the ocean on troubled water. Imagine with me 14 long days fighting the storm, sick. The text says they stopped eating because they could not hold anything down. The storm was so fierce that the crew lost control of the ship. And the ship, according to the text, was driven out into the dangerous open sea. I need to set this up for you. Bad went to worse. Any of you ever went from bad to worse? And for all of my country folk, worse. Don't y'all look at me like that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Don't y'all uh, uh, play with me like that. Y'all know y'all been in family. That's all oh, things got so worse. It got worse. 14 long days fighting this storm. Now the ship is in the open sea, which means they lost control of the ship. <laughs> Here's what the text says. There is no chapter like chapter 27. It is the most descriptive chapter in the New Testament. It says desperate to save the ship. The crew threw out the cargo, threw out the supplies, eventually threw out everything they could do without overboard. 
trying to save the ship. Ooh, I'm going somewhere with that. How much effort have we given trying to save something that God has already said it's lost? That relationship was over before you got married. Pastor Lawson, and if they would have came to you for counseling, they never would have hooked up with that catastrophe and that disaster. I, I strayed for a moment. Okay. Back to the text. Here is the ship in the open sea in danger. Things they could do without, they threw overboard. Eventually, they discovered we can do without everything. They threw everything overboard. Battle the storm day and night with all hope of surviving beginning to fail. Then God speaks. Woo. <laughs> I wish I could, Mother Jackson, I feel like just homiletically taking my time and preach this. Then God speaks. Lisa, sometimes God doesn't speak until we do everything we think we know how to do, until we've done everything we can do, until we did everything we could to try to save something that God says cannot be saved. God just sit back and watch us. <laughs> then he speaks. And he speaks through the one vessel that's on the ship that belongs to God. Can I tell you, if you ain't saved, excuse the English and the grammar, if you don't have it, you ought to at least hang with somebody who's got it. You, if, you, if you don't have sense enough to get the Holy Ghost, you ought to at least marry somebody who got, forget the looks, forget the Jerry curl and the muscles and the good cars and the good smelling cologne. You ought to find somebody that smell like and look like they got the Holy Ghost. Because God will save you because God wants to save them. May I preach this? So he raises up Paul. Paul says to them in verse 22, take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Whew. Even though the ship will go down can I say something prophetically to some of you some of your ships are going to sink but you will be alright some of your ships what, what do you mean pastor you got to get some clarity what do you mean with the ship that thing you thought you can ride all the way to your promised land that situation that you thought would take care of you the rest of your life that sugar daddy that paid your rent for too long that stuff that you put up with and you thought that you can have for the rest of your life God says it's going to go down you are going to lose some stuff but God, but God, listen to what Paul says. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Then Paul declareth 
in verses 25 and 26. So take courage. Look at these next four words. Ooh, don't say it if you don't believe it, but look at these next four words. Paul declared out of his mouth, for I believe God. Just for a few moments, I just want to—I just want to be there for a moment. I believe God. Think about something you're going through right now and say, "But I believe." God. Think about your situation right now and declare out of your mouth for I believe God. If you don't believe it, don't declare it. But is there anybody in here believe that God is a healer? Is there anybody believe that God is a way maker? Is anybody in here believing with me that God is a heart fixer? Somebody open your mouth and say, I believe God. It looks bad. It looks dark. But if you believe God, you owe him a praise even in the midst of a storm. Somebody ought to be able to dance in a storm. Somebody ought to be able to praise God in a storm. Somebody ought to be able to leap for joy in a storm. Somebody ought to take the next 20 seconds and give God your best. Get you a praise partner and say, I believe that better days are coming by and by. Say, neighbor, I believe that this too will pass. I believe that God will turn it around. Anybody believe with me? Anyone in here believe with me? For I believe. Put it on the board. Team, put this on the board. I believe God. Somebody in here has been through something. And if it had not been for God that was on your side, you wouldn't be standing up in any church right now. But I believe God. I believe God. Wave your hands at three people. Say, I believe God. You believe whatever you want to believe, but I believe God. You believe a fortune teller or soothsayer, but I believe God. I believe God. I don't believe in the lottery. I don't believe in luck. I believe. Paul goes on to say in verse 26, for it will be just as he said. 
But look at the end of verse 26. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. The ship won't make it, but you will. Your business did not make it, but you did. Your job is not around anymore, but you are. Who am I preaching to? Just somebody who took the enemy's best shot and you are still standing. Things around you fell apart, but you are still here. Look at what happened next. In verses 41 and 43 through 43, the ship was broken into pieces by a violent storm. When the crew saw that they could not destroy the ship, or they could not save the ship, they wanted to kill the prisoners so they would not escape. But the commanding officer liked Paul. Ooh. I need a revival to preach this. The only reason some of you are still here is because God liked somebody who prayed for you. There are some nappy head, knucklehead grandchildren sitting home in their pajamas right now thinking they got it all going along, but some old lady with arthritis, some old lady who can barely make it, say, Father, bless my family. Woo! Somebody prayed for you, had you on their mind took the time. You think you got that job on your own merit but God bless you because of your ancestral faithfulness. You better be glad that the favor of God goes to those who love you. Somebody shout one time, favor! Bishop T.D. Jakes declared favor ain't fair. The only reason the prisoners on this ship did not die is because Paul was on that ship. The only reason some of your jobs are still around is because you are in that office. But God. So here it is, almost done. The ship broken into pieces in the sea hitting the rocks the wave tore it up Whew. look at what happened everyone on the ship survived somehow I'm going somewhere here's what the text says and I share quickly a couple of versions translations of the text Here's what King James says. Some swimmed to the shore. Others 
found something and floated on. <laughs> oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, to safety. And then others, Reverend Betty, held on to broken pieces. But they got there. I need you to know whatever it takes for God to save you. Some of you have to swim. Others have to float. Others of you have to hold on to broken pieces. But you get there. I, this, this next demonstration is not for everybody but to everyone in here who's ever had to hold on to something that was broken until God brought you to safety help me stand up and clap those hands and say Pastor Jackson I am a living witness if you hold on encourage somebody and say, neighbor, hold on. Tell somebody, hold on. Tell somebody, hold on. Tell them it's gonna be all right. Like a ship that's tossed and driven, batted by an angry sea. Deacon Albert Simmons and the storms of life are raging. And his fury falls on me. I wonder what I have done to make this race so hard to run. But then I said to my soul, take courage. The Lord will make a way somehow. The Lord will. If you don't believe it, sit down. If you know God will make a way, you owe God a praise. Lean on somebody and say, God will. God will. Yes, he will. Make a way somehow. I share with you what Paul went on to write in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9 can I, can I just share just, just give me some moment I put a lot of work in this I just want to share this to you just, 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 just give me a quick moment 2 Corinthians 8 and, I, and to all of you that can stand and will stand and want to stand, stand with me as we read this. To those of you that can't stand or won't stand or don't feel like you need to, I understand that. And don't feel pressed that you have to do it. If you can't do it, I understand. But Paul writes, we are on every side by troubles but we're not crushed look at somebody say I'm still here we are perplexed but not driven 
in despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Woo! But we are not destroyed. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I survived a shipwreck. The enemy thought he had me, but I got away. I'm going to get to my three insights and let you take it home with you. But can I show you one more thing? Look at somebody and say, one more thing, Pastor, one more thing. Turn with me quickly upstairs. You got to follow me quickly to Acts chapter 28. The next chapter. Dr. Cheryl Washington, it's the next chapter. Because sometimes, after we survive the shipwreck, the enemy does not give up. Can I preach? Some of you sit there with your Gucci and your Louis and, and all your good stuff. And some of you got some flea market stuff. But that's all right. I ain't mad at you. Uh, you look good regardless of where you got it from. But just because you've made it to this point does not mean the enemy is through with you. Two verses in chapter 28, verse number three. Acts chapter 28, the New Living Translation. This was having survived the shipwreck. This was having survived the shipwreck. And he's now on an island that you would think he would be safe. But look at somebody say, the devil never gives up. The devil comes out of the woodworks. In fact, Deacon Glover, I contend that the more you survive, the more the enemy wants to take you out. Can I share something with you? Verse 3, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire. Look at somebody that said, after the shipwreck. <laughs> I didn't preach this at eight. I had to, I had to save a little bit. I, after the shipwreck, having survived the shipwreck, he gathers on an island. He builds a fire with others, warming himself. And out of the wood, out of the sticks, comes a poisonous snake driven out by the heat. <laughs> That'll preach all by itself. How many of you know heat still drives the devil out? Somebody with the Holy Ghost will drive the devil out. You're wondering why the devil hangs around you. You got too much heat on you. It'll drive him out. The poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on his hand. Whew. I, I, I might as well share verse 4. I wasn't going to share verse 4, but let, let me just set it all up for you. The people of the island saw that. They saw the snake hanging on from his hand. And they said to each other, 
a murderer, no doubt he is. And although he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Isn't this like your critics and your naysayers say, yeah, I know you came through that, but you ain't going to be around long. That little stuff you got ain't going to last for so long. Tell the devil to shut up. The devil is a liar. Thank God for verse number five. Everybody help me celebrate verse number five. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and he was on <laughs> look at somebody and say neighbor I am still surviving I'm still surviving even after the shipwreck Somebody give God your best praise. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, shake it off in the fire. Shake it off. Shake it. Y'all shake it. Do like Mother Reese used to do. Shake it off. Shake. Shake it! Meet me at the altar. Shake it! In the fire. That lying co-worker, shake it. That backbiting neighbor, shake it off. That cheating spouse. Shake it off! Shake it off because God has something better with your name. going to do shake it off what are you going to do shake it off shake it in the fire shake it in Take your phones out quickly. Take your phones out. Take a picture of this. We, we will leave it up on our website. Send it to somebody else. Three key things. I started to say I preached it on Tuesday night. I forgot we got something on Tuesday night. Three key things. Amen. Three key things. Number one is this. We all will at some point experience some kind of tragedy or catastrophe. You would not be exempt. 
you would not escape trouble. A man that is born of a woman is of a few days full of trouble. If you can breathe, trouble is around the corner. If there's breath in your body, trouble will find you somehow. Second key insight, we must keep the faith and trust God no matter what. Look at somebody say, keep the faith and trust God. Paul said, I believe God. Although the ship will be destroyed, you will survive. You will outlive your job. You will outlive your critics. You will survive your naysayers. You will survive a bad relationship. You will survive whatever tragedy that comes your way. Look at somebody and say, yes, you will. Third and the final insight. With the help of God, Acts chapter 26, verse 22, having therefore obtained help from God, today I stand. That's what Paul said. With the help of God, we will survive because our lives are in his hands. Your future is not in the hand of Pastor Jackson. My wife know I'm a softy. I give away everything I've got if I can help somebody. If I can deliver you from the storm, I will sacrifice almost everything other than my family and my salvation if I could help you. But the good news is that I have limited resources and even more limited ability. But God, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. My God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can even ask or think. With the help of God, we will survive. Why? Because our lives are in his hands. Kirk Franklin writes, you don't have to worry. Don't you be afraid. Joy comes with the morning. <laughs> mm. Trouble, they don't last always for there's a friend in Jesus if you need to survive what you're going through you ought to make your way to this altar if you're praying for somebody and you need them to survive come on come bring it to this altar but there's a friend in Jesus who will wipe your tears away and if your heart is broken just lift your hands and say, I know that I can make it. <laughs>
I know that I can stand. No matter what comes my way, my life is in. You've been listening to the worship services at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. Our worship services are open to all at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, just off I-77 between Shop and Bluff Roads. We will continue to air our services live here on the radio. We're also streaming live on our website at bwcar.org, on Facebook at Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, and now on YouTube. Our streaming services are available live on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you miss any of our services and want to watch them again, you can get them on demand on any of our social media channels. We invite you to stay in spiritual fellowship with us. To place your order for CD or DVD of today's sermon entitled, I Survived a Shipwreck, please call us at 803-776-1238, reference number 121023. Again, the number is 803-776-1238. Sermon number 121023. Registration is now open for the 2024 Women's Ministry Thursday Night Visual Bible Study. Classes will be held via Zoom at 6 p.m. beginning Thursday, January the 11th, and will conclude on Thursday, February 29th. Register online today at bwcar.org. Join us Sunday, December 24th at 8 and 11 a.m. for a very special Christmas Eve worship service with Associate Pastor Willie Mae Jackson. Sunday, December 31st, we invite you and your family to join us for the last Sunday morning service of the year. Services will be held at 8 and 11 a.m. in the Worship Center. We encourage you to return for our annual watch night services on Sunday evening, December 31st. Doors open at 10 p.m. We praise God for the testimonies of those who have received Christ and now have a deeper relationship with God as a result of this ministry. To sow your financial seed into this ministry, you can give online by clicking the link on our website at bwcar.org. Or you can give right now from your mobile phone by texting BWCAR, your giving amount, to the number 73256. That's BWCAR and your giving amount to the number 73256. You can also mail your gift to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please don't mail cash. Financial donations are also being accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 noon until 6 p.m. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. At Bible Way, our mission is to know God, to love, and to serve.